Prepare like the pros with the new FastDraw. FastDraw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content resources through their blog and playbank, which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next Fast Model purchase. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and I am so excited to have my dear, dear friend of many years, John Gordon, and his better Way better have Catherine Gordon. Catherine, thank you and welcome to Coaching You Podcast. Thank you, Brendan. It's good to be here. And yes, she's definitely my way better half, Brendan. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I so January twelfth, Catherine, I get an email from John and it's the manuscript of the book. And he says, Hey, give me read it and you know, when you can get back to me and tell me any thoughts. So I'm a very slow reader. So I happen to say, well, I'm not doing anything Sunday. So I start to read it. And I finished that thing so quick. I emailed him right back and said, OMG, wow, <laughs> wow, wow. I'll tell you what, of the 23 books, I, I personally think this might be the best. Oh, I really wow. Do. Thank you. I really do. And, and I'm, I'm usually about right on every one of them, right, John? I really I am. Oh, Totally. Totally. People ask, like, you know, what's your favorite book? I have to say this one now because I wrote it with Catherine. Yeah, you're darn right. But, you know, the, so the first of your multiple podcasts, which is a phenomenal idea, I listened to Thursday, September 3. And it's the most riveting podcast I've ever heard. And I listened to them. I've done 200 plus, but it was incredible. Okay. So I want to try not to step on where you're going with it because I think you guys have a fabulous. Uh, what you're doing on your podcast, but on ours, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to influence coaches. So not basketball coaches as much as coaches in every sport, men and women coaches. And my mission is to change the world through coaching. So the mindset today is to help the hundreds of thousands of coaches that we have out there because we have two families. We have our own family and then we have our extended family, which is our team. So that's the mindset that I want to take. But here's what I love, the back and forth between you and Catherine in the book. Why did you guys do that? We thought it was important to share both of our voices because we both have a story to tell in terms of our, our relationship. And so, and I, I thought it would be engaging to, to hear Catherine's voice. She's a very engaging writer. As you read the book, you're like, wow, she's got a great voice. And when she would share some stuff on 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 Facebook and Instagram, people responded in a big way. She got a bigger response than like my posts, like just people loved it. And she has such a, a powerful voice in it. So I thought the back and forth style would be engaging. And, you know, I wrote that with Mike Smith in terms of you went in the locker room yep. first, we went back and forth and I thought, okay, we should do our, our relationship story this way, sharing it from both of our, our standpoints. And the fact is that you talk about coaching in many ways, Catherine coached me 
early on in our relationship because I was like, I was a young man. I was several years younger than her. She had a lot more life experience than me. I didn't know how to treat a woman. And I would say she trained me and coached me to be a better man, to be a better leader. Right, hon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's one of my tips in the book is teach them how to treat you. But the other reason we did that is, be- is because a lot of times we, you hear two different people's perspective. And I might be coming from one one point, and it may sound like one one way, but then you hear you hear John's side, and it's 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 a little bit different, and then we have to come together to try and and figure out how to make it work. You know, I think the thing that really has impressed me, and why the book I think is just going to be an amazing success, is the vulnerability that both of you share. And I think, you know, like Brene Brown does, right, Catherine, in all of her teachings and stuff, when a woman is, I think men are scared to death to be vulnerable, scared to death, you know, because that would be weakness. Women, when they are vulnerable, it's powerful. Right. And and I thought that was important, too. Um, I think the more that I've been willing to be vulnerable with John, the more change has happened. Yeah, you know when uh, you know when I when I when I first saw the book and I and I went through it, the thing that was so amazing to me was how we have the relationship uh, between husband and wife, but then you know the key is we have children. You have two, I have two, and as the more I kept reading this, I kept saying. This is a book by a younger couple about my wife and I. And the thing that was amazing was your children know everything about us, even though we don't think they know anything about us. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've tried to be an example. And, yeah, you're right. There's some things we don't talk about, but they watch, right? They watch everything we do. Exactly. Yeah. So, John, you picked out grit, Angela Duckworth's grit, which is one of our favorite words. Um, but I love the the four, uh, you know, the four words that you picked. Could you explain the grit uh, analogy to us? Acronym, sure. We I actually knew the book title was going to be Relationship Grit, but we didn't have an acronym. And one day we were in the kitchen, and it literally just came to us at the same time. We just looked at each other and started talking about what grit stands for. And it was God, because we knew that God was the center of our relationship. And that's when our relationship really strengthened when we made God the focus. We made him the center of our relationship. I came to faith, Catherine's faith strengthened, and then together we brought God in. And that's when we really turned everything around. That's when we became intimate. That's when we became really strong partners. So everything changed with that. And it also was the foundation of our relationship early on, where we were both very spiritual people, not faith-based, but just very spiritual and we talked about God, as we said in the book, that was like our, our initial foundation. And then resolve was all about resolving to stay together, resolving through the challenges to not give up and being willing to change. As we know, Brendan, most often the man has to change. Right. Not always, but most often one person in the relationship has to change more than the other. And usually, my friend Donald Miller told me this, it's usually the man. And so for me, I had to be willing to change. And then you have to invest. You have to make time to invest in the relationship. You can't be a consumer. Mm -hmm. And for years early on, I was consuming. I think so often with coaches 
And in many ways, I'm a coach. I'm out there speaking. I'm on the road. I come home, right? We're giving our energy to everyone else. We come home and we then consume from the relationship, consume from the marriage instead of investing in it because we're so tired. We're so busy giving it to everyone else that we don't give it to the relationship that we have. But you also have to act like you're one team. You're not on two separate teams. You're on one team. And then that's why you have to do it together because you have to be that one team where, okay. Which is the T. Yeah, which is the T. We're going to invest together and both have to do it. So one of the things that I love that Catherine said when you talked about investing was, I think this is so common. People keep score. You said don't keep score, but boy, people in life keep score. And, you know, and that happens at my house, you know, you know, you know, she's undefeated and I haven't won a game. You know what I mean? That, that, that she's, you know, she's definitely keeping score. Uh, but how, how explain Catherine the problem if you do keep score. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I just started to see that a lot with my friends in their relationships. If, you know, one of them started losing weight and feeling good and going to the gym instead of the other one supporting them, I think they, they probably felt threatened or afraid, but instead Mm of, of, so instead of supporting them, they would put them down or you've changed or, and that starts to cause a divide. And, you know, for John and I, and I've said this before, especially when he was traveling a lot, I mean, I was exhausted. There were times he would, he would get up to get ready to go fly out again in his handsome business suit and he's all pulled together I'm standing in the kitchen. I've got another, you know, day of running the kids around to sports and everything I need to do. And he'd walk in. And the first thing I wanted to do was cut him down because he had it all together and I was falling apart. And I had to make a mental decision to pump him up right then. And I would turn around. And the minute I would think something negative, I would turn around and say, you look so handsome. You better be careful out there. You know, I would pump him up. And the more I started to do that, the easier it became and the better I felt. And he would just light up. And so it's, I started to see that it really did make a difference. And in terms of keeping score, Brendan, it's like she was pumping me up. She wasn't keeping score. She was supporting the team. And then it made me feel good. It made me want to do more back for her. So instead of saying, oh, well, I've been doing this and you haven't done that, or you've done that and I haven't done this, we basically would just support each other back and forth. But when you keep score, you both lose mm-hmm. in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, Catherine, a big thing with you is communicate, communicate, communicate. Yep. You know what? It's hard to do the longer you're married, I think. If you don't do it, right? I mean, it it slips away from you, even though you might be a great communicator with your team in your business, et cetera. Sometimes with the person you love the most, it's not there. Yeah. How do you, how do you get around that? So, and that is exactly right. And I, um, I started to find that if I could just get John away for a little bit of time. And so we would start taking walks and on those walks, the questions would be asked. And, and believe me, there were times we fought, but we would kind of work it out on the walk. I just wouldn't let him not communicate with me. And I know that sounds weird, but um, 
I just had to get there. We had to talk about these things, the hard things. And it was always worth it, you know, in the end. And there were times, Brendan, like, I didn't want to talk about it. And she'd say, no, no, we're talking about it. Like, we <laughs> talk about it. I, I, I honestly didn't have a choice. As a man, you know, we just shut down. We don't want to talk. Catherine's exactly. like, no, no, we're, we're talking about it. Like, I, you know, you know, Catherine's Irish Catholic. You don't mess with an Irish Catholic woman when she gets, <laughs> when she gets mad. And so she broke her brother's nose when they were young. So I, I, knew, <laughs> I knew, like, okay, she wants to talk about it. But we're going to talk about it. Yeah, I'm Irish Catholic too, Catherine, but I married a Baptist, so I'm screwed. Oh, there you go. Okay, that trumps. That trumps. <laughs> so, so John, feedback becomes huge in this, and that's something that even though we love to coach people, sometimes the spouse doesn't take the coaching real well. So how do you do coaching well with your spouse when they're not receptive to coaching or feedback? Well, first, I have to say that the coach is listening. We have to be receptive. And so there was one time I'll never forget. Catherine came up to me and she said, you need to be a better dad. There are some things you can do a lot better that you're not doing. And I wanted Uh to get all defensive. And I remember saying, okay, make me better. I'm open. And then Uh three hours later, after she was done giving me advice. (laughs) Okay, now it's really like 20 minutes. But but 20 minutes later, after she was done, she gave me some really good solid tips. And I started to do those things. And it did make me better. So I think we have to be, as you always said, Brenda, you taught me this, we have to be coachable. And so I was coachable to be a better husband. Now, there were times with Catherine that, you know, if I would criticize her, she didn't receive it well because I didn't come from a very positive place. I was actually criticizing her, not coaching her. I wasn't a positive coach way early in our marriage uh, and, and, and probably in the middle of our marriage. And so I had to learn to be a positive coach. I, I love the aspect of the team meetings because that's something that all coaches, we, we really we love team meetings, but we're not very good at ones at home sometimes. But I think that was a key thing for you, not just for the two of you, but with your family. I think that that's your team, right? So I had to, Catherine explain that because I thought you had a really good way of, of doing your team meetings with your, you know, with Kate. And, you know, I, I thought it was really cool the way we call on them. I thought it was fabulous. Yeah. Um, so John would always be the one to come up with something motivational or um, spiritual, but we would pull the meeting together at the table. And I'm telling you the hardest part was getting everyone there. Um, and I've, like I've said before, sometimes it was me who was the hardest to get there. But once we sat down, put all our phones in the middle and we would really just start talking about what was going on. And in those meetings, what would come out out things struggles that my children were going through you know struggles with other other friends and teammates or um you know just it really uncovered a lot and we were able to you know process things with them talk things through give advice and and then there was always prayer we would always say a prayer and we had a family prayer um we ha- and we always came up with every year a family mission. So every year, starting the new year, we'd have a new family mission and we would say that family mission at the meeting. And we also would come up with our word for the year. Mm-hmm. So we sit around and each, you know, say what our word was and how we were 
using that word that week or, you know, what had happened that we could reference back to that. So there was always a, you know, it was a, there was always a process, but it, it absolutely made us a very tight family. And no one wanted to do it, Brendan, but years later now, they talk about how we did do it. Yeah, they and, still talk about yeah, it. And so, again, it was tough because my family didn't always want to get together at those table meetings, but they didn't have a choice. I had to fight for it. And I think <laughs> you have to fight for your culture when you build a team. You got to fight for mm-hmm. that culture. And it's the same way at home. You got to fight for your culture at home. What kind of culture do you want to create? Build a family culture, a mission statement, a vision. Everyone picks their words. And then you really become a strong team with your family. And I think we need to do more of that. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that into Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. You know, one of the things that uh, I I love is, you know, you you did it in the garden, but again, you mentioned in the book, the five D's talk about, and they're so applicable right now in life, but you know, they really, you know, they've just become so strong. Talk about that with, you know, basically, you know, the family and with the relationship between husband, wife. Well, with husband and wife and family, you have to understand that there's always forces coming at you in the mm-hmm. world that are seeking to divide and destroy your family. And we're being bombarded by a lot of negativity as a family. And so we would have challenges outside forces. We would have circumstances, negative neighbors, mean kids, situations in the world that were hard, and it's always bombarding you. So you have to overcome that division, the distractions, the discouragement, the distortion, the lies, and also the uh, doubt that exists, you know, the, the doubt in a relationship. Does my wife still love me? Am I still a good husband? Is she still attracted to me? Uh, all these kind of things that you have, have doubt with. Am I still the one in, in, you know, the apple of her eye? And then I think as a relationship, you start to sometimes also with distractions, you can look outside the marriage. You look inside and say, oh, is the grass greener somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's more exciting somewhere else because 
all we're doing at home is fighting all the time or we're dealing with all of this stuff with the kids all the time. And so it's not fresh. It's not exciting. It's not new. And so the distractions come in and it could actually destroy a marriage and create division. So you have to be wary of the five D's I wrote about in the garden, but we put it together Mm -hmm. in this book to let couples know that you have to be on guard against the five D's overcome them to win the battle. And you do it with the four C's. I was just going to mention those afterwards. If you could flow into that, John. Yeah, sure. So the first one, of course, is communicate, 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 communicate. And um, as we talked about a little earlier, you know, you have to make that happen. Have the hard conversations. And where there's avoiding communication, negativity will fill it. So you always have to fill the void with positive communication. Catherine talked about the walks, right? We go on these walks and you have to talk it out to work it out. And so in our communication, we would talk it out to work it out. You also have to make sure that you are connecting, right? And it's during those walks we connected. And also Catherine's not shy about saying this in the book. It makes me blush, Brendan. But what do you tell your friends, Catherine? <laughs> I say have sex with your husband. Or say, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, let's face it. We're biologically wired to connect intimately. And, you know, it produces oxytocin, which is a hormone that, that makes you bonded together. Yeah, so. so you have sex and you produce <laughs> oxytocin and then it causes a bond in the relationship. So you actually meant to have that physical intimacy. So coaches, make sure you share this uh, with, yeah. your, with your spouses uh, on both sides. I, and so- uh, Well, it, I got to tell you a little story. So um, when I was engaged to John, um, there was a woman that was, it was a friend of mine's mom who was hosting a bridal shower for me. And if I tell you, Brendan, she was the most homely woman you have ever seen. And, and I say that in a sweet way, you know, she was the looked grandmotherly, but she pulled me aside and she said, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice that'll keep your marriage strong. And she said, have sex with your husband, even when you don't want to. Trust me, it'll go a long way. And I couldn't believe she said that to me. Is it okay for me to say this on your podcast, Brandon? (laughs) So I always remembered that. And, you know, men men are simple, right? So, (laughs) um, and it, it keeps them positive. So... It's the first time I've been lost for words in over 200 podcasts, John. You know what? I, I, I don't well, look, know. Why do, you, why do you think John's so positive? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I, I, I think, uh, you know, do you do house calls for my wife? I could tell her. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you know one, one of the things is, you know, I, I think, you know, like many coaches are married for a long time, but, you know, to, to commit and to care, I think that it's like love serving care, right, John? I mean, you know, it, it goes a long way. You know, you, you got to commit to this marriage, right? You got to commit to this relationship. Totally. And I think the more you commit, you know, to your spouse, to your significant other, the more you commit to them, you get commitment back. And so there is a part of you that demonstrates commitment. And so people listening might say, well, my wife doesn't want to be intimate or my husband doesn't want to be intimate. Well, part of that might be also because you're not going out of your way to commit to them. You do have to serve. You have to sacrifice. You have to make them a priority. We talk about in the book, you know, make them your king, make them your queen. 
And when you do that, you know, you get that back. And so I did do that for Catherine. Like, you know, she was in charge of our finances. She did have, you know, all of our bills. It was all of ours together. I wasn't someone trying to keep the money from her. We know some relationships where they fight over money and that, that wasn't, Mm -hmm. there was no power. There was no control. I'm like, here, honey, it's all yours. Whatever is mine is yours. And so I think the more you have trust and the more you have the connection, as we know, that leads to a greater commitment. And then the more you commit and serve and sacrifice for each other and give to one another, then you want to be more intimate. You want to have a stronger relationship. You want to take time and support each other and be there for each other. And it's also about the little things, right, Catherine? We, we talk about all those little things. Well, yes, and I was going to say that. You know, it's would be it's really hard to connect with someone if they're cutting you down. Mm. You know, if John were saying negative things to me all the time, or uh, you know, about my physical looks or something going on, I wouldn't want to connect with him, right? Sure. So it's about you know giving compliments giving, you know, giving them something, something positive as opposed to always cutting them down. And then that makes you want to connect more. MindView has just become our latest addition as a partner with Coaching You. MindView is an amazing, amazing company that literally is just releasing a platform. They have developed an incredible assessment that we have just totally, totally been blown away with. Because on this assessment that you can take in a matter of 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes on your phone, the things that you've never been able to measure before, like resilience, grit, hope, adaptability, all these things, they are able to measure them as to how you're thinking and feeling right now. This is a game changer as far as I'm concerned. I'm a strength finder guy. I love all that. But MindView is the latest technology. It is just literally coming on the market right now. The platform that they've created is second to none. The emphasis right now on your players' mental wellness is unprecedented. I'm sold on MindView. Now it's your turn. For more information about MindView, M-I-N-D-V-U-E, please contact the COO, Cleet McQuinn. His email is cmcquinn at mindview.com or visit their website at mindview.com. You know, one of the things that happens in coaching, and it's and I don't think it's that dissimilar, really, John, to speaking, is so, you know, we leave each day, we go to our schools or teams, professional teams or, or colleges or high schools and we, or club teams. And we go, we coach whatever sport we coach. Uh, you know, when we put a, so much into that, uh, that team, because that's our job. And then we come home to the family. And many times you're just exhausted as a, as a coach. You're absolutely exhausted. But now you have to make a tremendous effort to now, once you come home, almost like now say, now I'm ready to be dad. Now I'm ready to be husband. Exactly. Right. Okay. So what I ended up realizing was when John came in, he was absolutely exhausted. Exactly. Like you're saying. So we decided that I would give him a buffer. So maybe, and this goes back to communication. It's about 
talking with your spouse or your mate and agreeing that there's going to be a certain amount of time that, you know, one of you, whoever's coming into the house like that has some time to decompress. And for John and I, I would know when he walked in because I would, I used to bombard him. He would come in and I would immediately start throwing out all the things my kids weren't doing and they weren't doing homework. And so I would give him a 20 minute buffer and then he'd walk back into the kitchen and then we'd be ready to integrate. And then also mm-hmm. on that side of things, when you, when you get home, what I learned is you do have to engage at home, even though you don't want to, even though you're tired, you have to engage at home because when you engage at home, you feel good about yourself. You feel good about your family. And that actually makes you stronger when you go back to work. If you're guilty that you're not doing that, if you're at work and you're guilty that you're not doing enough at home, and then you're at home and you're guilty that you're not doing your work, you now have a double dose of guilt and a double dose of misery. Mm-hmm. And the key is to be engaged where you are. So you're at work with your team, you engage with that team. You come home, you engage with your team at home and you think it's going to make you more tired, but it actually doesn't. Because the more you do it, you then get energy back from it. And then over time, when you look back, you'll realize that the time you put in on both sides actually made you happier, made you more productive, made you more successful. And it developed the relationship at both places that really caused your life to thrive. You cannot be a a success at work and a failure at home. If you're a failure at home, you are a failure in life. I truly believe that. And so you have to make time for both. And Mike Smith and I talked about that and went in the locker room first as well, that you have to make sure that you make your, your home a priority as well. And so as part of that, right, just understanding these principles, understanding how important it is. Like I asked my daughter the other day, she's 22 years old. I was gone a lot speaking. Do you remember, you know, me being gone so much? Like, should I have spent more time at home? I felt guilty. And she was dad. I remember you home a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I wasn't home that much, but when I was home, I was so engaged that she felt like I was there a lot. And I think that's the key. How engaged are you? And as a coach, I believe you, you bring your kids to the team, you bring your kids, make them part of your team. And then you make your team part of your family. And when you do that as right. a coach, you really get a, um, you, you just really thrive in so many ways. Synergy. Yeah. You know, when, uh, when the kids are young, um, you know, you know, pre 10 years old, you know, they look so forward when, when the parents are out. And, and many times, you know, nowadays we have incredibly successful women coaches. So this is not, I'm not talking about men. The women is the coach. She's the breadwinner, uh, in many cases because they're making a lot of money. And so now right. she comes home. It's the same thing. You have to, those young, kids are looking up in your eyes and they just want to be loved so much by you and and you can't disappoint them like you wouldn't disappoint a recruit or a player it's the same thing goes on and then when they get older like your kids are now now all of a sudden it's great if they look forward to seeing you and that's that's the testament of great parenting i think when they when they're still when they're your best friends you know and i think that is so cool but you have to do the work early to get it at the at the back end i think I think that's such a, a great point. And, and you're right. We recognize we have a lot of friends who are, who are female coaches and very successful, yeah, thriving, right. great human beings, great coaches. And it's the same way. I mean, wh- whether it's a, a male coach or a female coach, it's like it's really tough to balance. What we've realized is the key is not balance. It's rhythm. Yes. It's about finding a rhythm that works mm-hmm. where you work, 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 but then you make time and engage with your family when you're at home or when you go on a trip together. We always took family trips in the summertime. We knew July was my slow month and we would go on these family trips. And those 
two week trips or sometimes even a month we'd go away for as a family would really bind us together to spend those qual that quality time together. And and we still today our literally our kids came up to us and said, Hey, can we, can we go on that trip to Pennsylvania that we always go on? And like, even though they're 20 and 22, they wanted to go back to the place that <laughs> they loved that? going to when they were kids. So it shows you, they remember that. Yep. No, you gave 11, each of you gave 11 quick tips for a great relationship. And I thought that was great because the perspective of each one of you is slightly different. And I think that is so powerful. Uh, that's a great idea. And I think that's a huge thing. So the book, I think, gave so many great uh, lessons. But then here's some coaching tips of how to put them in place. And I thought that was so powerful. And then I love the part at the very end, John, when you can really have discussion questions because I need discussion questions to get my meet, my family meetings going. Uh, but, you know, that, that I think made the book so it made it like a, a real teaching uh, thing because that's what this has to be. It has to be a great teaching thing. You should be very proud of it, guys. Really amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're a hell of a coach, Catherine, and I'll tell you what, you know. A, it was a labor I, of love, Brenton. Well, you know, I, I, I have to now tell John, John knows this. The, uh, the rest of the story was when I told John that night on Jan January 12th about the book, I said, this will be the number one bestseller, but Catherine is the star of this book, and you are. And, uh, and I think that's just like it's so important in a relationship. I love it if my wife is the star. And, and, and I know John feels the same way because I always tell my wife, you're, you re renegotiate your contract with me because you, <laughs> your deal as a parent, as a mother and you, and taking the place of us when we travel or vice versa, if the mom's the traveling one, it's, it, it's amazing what you do because you're the ones that hold the family together. But that's the, that's the two, that's the true bond between the two. So very powerful. It's a great coaching book, and I, I'm glad we shared it with uh, the coaches that we have because any sport, this is so important for them because, you know what, if you have a bad relationship, you're not going to be a happy coach. <laughs> you're not going to do good work. Brandon, I know that well. As, as we wrote in the book, I was not a great coach early on. I wasn't a great leader, and my family mm -hmm. was suffering, and my wife was suffering, and it was because I was a poor leader. And as people read this book, you, you said it. I love when you called me and said, John – you are knocked off your pedestal with this book. You just took yourself off the pedestal and your wife is the rock star. He said, but I, but you said, I love it. And I said, you know what I do too. I need to come off the pedestal, share my flaws, share my mistakes, share what I, I learned along the way. So that way I can help other people be better parents, be better spouses, be better significant others, and also be better leaders. And then obviously Catherine shares all the tips that she learned along the way that she shared with me. And these are tips she's been sharing with her girlfriends for right. years. She's been coaching yeah. so many women unofficially, like just always giving them advice. And so we wrote this, I said, honey, write down in this book, what you're always sharing with your girlfriends and how you're helping them. And that's what she did. So it was so natural just to write this book back and forth in the style we wrote, we wrote in the same chair and I would get up <laughs> after I wrote and then I would leave. Catherine would edit my book. I've written 22 books, but all of a sudden she was the, she was the main editor and main writer going, come on, John, how, how can you write this? I was like, <laughs> I was like, I never wrote a book before. And then, but she gave great advice. And then I would leave. She would write. I come back. I would edit some of her things saying, Hey, I think this should go here. I think this is a great story for this part. And she would share 
her stories in a, such a powerful voice. And then we organized it in such a way where it fit within the book. And it was actually a really cool collaborative team process. And now we have an action plan that goes with it too. So oh, you get no, the book, really? Wow. You get, the book and you get a free action plan. So if you get the book, go to relationshipgritbook.com. So relationshipgritbook.com. You order it now, you get the free action plan and you're allowed to do the action plan with your significant other. So you can do the book together, do the action plan together. And again, we wrote it to, to try to help improve marriages and help improve relationships, help couples who are together, whether they are in a marriage or whether they're working towards a marriage. We've actually had people say they're using this for their um, relationship counseling. They're actually doing counseling before marriage and they're using this book already. And we've already saved one marriage that was headed for divorce and they have decided to work it out. They move back together. The man has changed dramatically already. It's been incredible to watch like uh, close friends of ours actually that this has happened with. It's so cool. So that, that's our hope with the book is to make a difference in that way. And it's why we wrote it. It's yeah, a difference maker. I, Catherine, I would do an audio book and your voice would be incredible in there. Oh, not thank the, you. Not I've actually, bad, but, I've already done yeah. it and it's oh, coming awesome. out. <laughs> yeah, See, yeah, John, I'm, yeah. I'm her, I'm her agent. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. You know, I want to just circle back around real quick sure. because uh, of the four C's, the last one was care. And in that, what I want to say is, I think the most important thing is to be vulnerable because when you are, and you can really share what's going on with each other, it shows you care. You care enough to invest in the relationship. And if, and, and, and even if at that time, one of you is not as vulnerable, keep doing it because then it becomes, it's not about competition. It's about wanting to make the relationship strong. So I would say the fourth C, care. You have to care. Mm -hmm. Show you care. Mm. A fitting ending, Miss Catherine. I, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. This, is, this has been maybe, John, we've done so many podcasts, and you have been my best speaker at coaching you, you, Doc Rivers, Billy Donovan, Eric Spolstra. Catherine's <laughs> the next one that's coming to coaching you. Wow. <laughs> I'll thank tell you, you what, you guys are incredible. And thank you for doing this. This is going to be a, this is a game changer for coaches and, and all people, but coaching is my business and this is what I love and care about and we need help. And this is one that's going to save us. So thank you very much. Brendan, you, Brendan, thank you. You've always brought out the best in me and now you're bringing out the best in us. us uh, so I appreciate you. Thank you, Brendan. Well, Catherine is easy to bring out the best in my God. Yeah, that, that's no problem. <laughs> you guys are great. Thank you so much. And uh, this is going to be fabulous. I appreciate you. All right. God bless you. Thank Brendan. you. Relationship Grit by Catherine Gordon and John Gordon. Uh, for all of our coaches, uh, with your significant others, your spouses, uh, you can't mess up in this area and then go on and have a, and be a, a hell of a coach. And so it's really important that we take care of business at home first. And I think that, you know, these lessons here, they will apply to you coaching your team because relationships are relationships and the grit that you must have to get relationships, you know, at where they need to be at peak performance for you, I think is so, so, so critical for you. Uh, so I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, John and Catherine for doing this as always, uh, their books are amazing. And, you know, I think the one thing that I've always found with them 
with John especially is that each one of his books, I, I think, are written for coaches. This is no exception. So until next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. 